talk lines open now at 247-2000. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, a broadcast brought by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and welcome to Queer Talk Wednesday with Ryan McHale, the founder of Loud and Queer Magazine. How's it going, Ryan? Doing all right, Joe. Thanks for having me. I am really excited for today's show. It's going to get kind of deep. It's going to get kind of deep. We're going to talk a, a little bit about a lot of things. But first, I want to give a shout out to Loud and Queer Magazines, all of the sponsors, all of the uh, the uh, the shops who carry it, all of the the donators. Uh, and uh, for those curious about what Loud and Queer Magazine is, Ryan, would you give a, a little synopsis of what we do? Yeah, Joe. So Loud and Queer is a uh, quarterly zine that. We produce uh, by and for the queer community and for allies, um, but we are a zine that offers resources, allows people to submit their artwork, their poetry, their writing, their thoughts, um, and then we actually distribute throughout Southeast Alaska and provide free copies to libraries and school libraries. Awesome, awesome, and and we have had so much support from the community in this, from this community and others. We're in what twenty communities now? At yeah, this point? twenty communities right now. Twenty communities, and and here in Ketchikan, we've been um, we've gotten a lot of support from uh, Ketchikan Dry Goods, from the public and university libraries, from. Uh, Janely Gage, Janely Gage from, and and now we're part of the Pride Alliance as well. Um, so helping with with their mission to offer resources and information and things like that. Yeah. So if you are interested in supporting this uh, this nonprofit, no one makes any money off of this. Um, please consider donating to uh, Loud and Queer Ketchikan uh, on loudandqueerketchikan.com or through the Ketchikan Pride Alliance or through the through the Venmo, yeah. which is Loud and Queer Ketchikan on Venmo. Ryan, we're here to talk about some pretty serious things. We're here to talk about expression and yeah. how we uh, present and walk through the world and, and, and what it means to be human and be ourselves. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I was just thinking of, so Judith Butler is a really great, um, I guess, like gender, sexuality, uh, writer, theorist, uh, professor. And uh, she really like puts it in a good way that like, we walk through the world every day with a mask on, mm. right? Life, everything is a performance. And um, it's really how we perform. And what mask do we wear out into the world? And I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today, right? Is like Definitely. what mask, what what performance do we give to the world? Like what performance do we give? What face do we present? How have we, how have we prepared yeah. to take on the challenges we've learned we'll, we will face through the day? Right? It's like putting on your battle armor. That's what I think about when I wear jewelry and when, when I wear makeup and stuff is like putting on my battle armor. Definitely, definitely, and then and and just in terms of expression, you, you know, I like to to have a bit of color on on my nails because I like to stand out a little bit. Though I don't really need much <laughs> help standing out. Um, I like to stand out just sparkle. just a little bit. I'm always on someone's stage. I'm always doing something and expressing something. So it's also so doing that helps me just to give a little extra layer of something to mm. look at. It's all the, my whole being is just it's the visual experience, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we, maybe we should start off first with just talking about uh, gender, gender identity, and gender expression. And I'm going to let you go ahead and take the yeah. reins here. So we have a little section in the zine called Back to, ba Back to the Basics. And uh, in it, we go over like useful terms, um, maybe complex topics that we break down. Uh, so getting into to gender, 
Um, the definition of gender is it's a set of expectations from our culture and society about behaviors, thoughts, and characteristics that go along with your assigned sex. Mm. Gender is also social and legal status. It's generally male and fe- male or female, um, and includes gender roles. Um, so this is basically like a, like it says, it's expectations that people put onto you based off of your assigned sex. Yes. Um, so a, a lot of these do play into general characteristics or stereotypes of what a man should be, what a woman should be. Um, Then we get into uh, gender identity. So gender identity is how you feel inside. It's your own understanding of self and gender. Um, Gender identity has nothing to do with societal expectations of gender, and it can be the same or different from your sex assigned at birth. Um, So like it says, this is something that's inside your own understanding of yourself Mm. and gender. And then, like we were just talking about gender expression, is how you express your gender through clothing, behavior, and personal appearance. Gender expression does not have to align with societal expectations of gender and gender roles. So that it it not not having to align with society's expectations is this idea of how do you present yourself and does it go against what society tells you you should be dressing based off of your assigned sex, right? Exactly, and it doesn't even always have anything to do with sexuality. It's more just about expressing because i feel like we're all put into these boxes like Mm. everyone's put into these boxes there are the the gender roles and the societal roles and the class roles that you have and i think uh doing things like maybe maybe you paint your nails maybe you put a little eyeliner on um as as a male or maybe you cut your hair short as a female or what have you it just goes to show like hey I'm a person. I have my own thoughts. I have my own experiences. I have my own ideals. Mm. And and so I think it goes into that. So gender uh, expression doesn't even have to be anything particularly queer or, 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 or sexual, um, but it, and not that queer and sexual and sexual or sexuality are the same thing, but it's just that I think it's just a form of being individual. Definitely. I, and I think that's where it gets back to like Judith's, Judith Butler and talking about how it's it's all theater, right? It's yes. all a performance. Everything that we do, when I'm getting dressed in the morning, if you really think about it, I am putting on clothes that say who I am as a person, mm-hmm. right? This individuality that you're expressing through your clothes, through your features, your mannerisms, the way that you talk, the way that you walk, and that when we can look at that critically, right, and think, why am I doing this? And is this how I actually want to present or do I, if I could, could I present a different way? And I think this is something like you said, society puts us in boxes and that's these gender expectations, right? That if you're a male, you should dress a certain way. And it's interesting because these things start off at a very young age and we, we had just Definitely. talked about it. And so I worked as a lifeguard for seven years and I worked at a summer camp and I love this job because I get, I love working with kids because I think, they're so open and I don't think we give them enough credit oh, yes. um, to just to r- really expand their minds. I, I think we, we don't give them enough credit for that. So anyway, I would always experience this where kids would tell me something that ends up being this like rigid idea of gender, right? So mm-hmm. I have long hair. I've had long hair for a while and I would always have kids, boys usually tell me boys, boys shouldn't have long hair boys don't have long hair. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, well, I'm a boy and I have long hair. 
And then I point to like a little girl that's maybe standing next to them and say, hey, well, she has short hair than me and you actually. <laughs> Is that okay? Right? Right. She's still a girl. And it's, and it's so funny because kids are basically tape recorders and, oh and my they just gosh. play back what they've been hearing for however long they've been alive until that point. I was on FaceTime with my mom and my niece uh, just the other night and my niece saw that I have gold nails and she said, Uncle Joe, why do we have uh, uh, painted nails? Only ladies do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I said, well, what color would you like your nails to be? And she said, pink. And I said, well, next time I see you, we'll go and get our nails painted. She goes, okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's a, you know, and that's because I'm sure my mom and my sister have told her that only girls get their nails painted. So it's like, it's really just, everything we know and everything that we kind of carry and and that goes into prejudice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a regurgitation of what we've heard. Maybe what our parents have taught us, our peers mm-hmm. have taught us, what's, what society has made normal. Yeah, and it's interesting that when you can reach kids kids at a at a young age usually and those kids that always gave me pushback for having long hair or presenting myself in a certain way that's not what their parents told them boys should be. And w- when I spoke to them, they they saw the logic in being like, "Oh, yeah, you're right. Like you're still a boy." And and that girl's still a girl even though she has short hair, right? And mm-hmm. you can paint your nails, I guess, like we can both paint our nails, right? Yeah. So when you when you start breaking those things down, they can see the reasoning behind it. Where I think what's interesting is, is like you said, it's it's being taught to us, right? Whether it's consciously or subconsciously, we're we're taking this information in and, and making those decisions. And I think it's important that when you reach an age where you can start to think for yourself and make your come up with your own ideas, right? Like, let's say you're a teenager, right? Is usually when we start pushing back against our parents mm-hmm. and our and our parents' beliefs that that's the time that we should really be questioning our own assumptions and our own beliefs because where did they come from, right? Do I really believe that, right? And and sometimes you do. Sometimes you realize, oh, you know what? I, I do believe that's consistent with my values. But I think it's important to really question why you have certain beliefs, specifically like we're talking about around gender and gender expression. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, and, you know, going into, because I feel that a lot of people will look and they'll say, oh, he has painted nails, he has long hair, he must be gay. And, and if mm. I do that, that makes me gay. No. Yeah. No, and, absolutely not. Yeah. It gets back to what you were saying, that, that gender expression is not tied to your sexuality. And I, I think it's, I've seen things and I've seen critiques on it before of um, straight, like heterosexual cisgender men starting to wear nail polish. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of pushback within the queer community being like, no, that's not queer. That's not cool. We're not asking you to appropriate our culture. We're asking you to not harm us. Right. And it's, it's difficult because actually that's, that's what we want. In my opinion, I think that if we can have, people living their true selves and if you want to wear wear nail polish whether you're queer or not that like that doesn't matter express yourself the way that you want but on the other hand don't turn around and be bigoted or prejudiced against queer folk right absolutely and and honestly since the beginning of time queer culture has always informed culture queer culture Mm. is culture yeah it's just ahead of its time right you know what i mean like like uh, 
everything that you see that's popular in the magazines that all the celebrities are wearing they were popular in the queer community at least 10 years before that yeah right it's like Madonna, any given time. Madonna and Vogue is it, the, that came from the black trans community right? you know, it came you from, know from ballroom from from the styles of clothes like back when uh, everyone was wearing skinny jeans the, the, the queer community <laughs> were wearing skinny jeans years before that when everyone was wearing bell bottoms back in the 70s the queer community was doing that before that you know queer queer culture has always and formed pop culture because they, mm. I mean they're honestly one and the same yeah <laughs> I mean seriously I mean from from the music to the stylings the hair I mean everything it's all it's all it's all it's all queer culture it's all like uh, if you you know what a uh, ball is yeah uh, a, so a lot of people may not know what a ball is so a ball is sort of a well, how would you call it? It's almost like a, a competition, if you will, where you have different categories and there are things called houses, right? We're, we're going to get real deep right here. Yeah. There are things called houses. Well, related to like fraternity and sorority, right? Yeah, it sort this of. makes perfect sense. So so let's say if you were in a frat house or a sorority house um, and, and you would have different uh, meetings of different sororities. Your brothers and sisters, your brothers, right? Your brothers and sisters. You would have different meetings of different sororities. And in each of these houses, there is a house leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that is very much so the same in in queer culture, where you have these different houses, and and they choose and pick who they want to be in their house. And there is a house mother or a house leader or a house father who who represents that house, who has a reputation in that and their chosen uh, queer communities, maybe around the world. Some of these houses are very very famous. Um, and so, and then you come to these things called balls, which are just meetings of the houses, and you have these different competitions be it uh, uh, can you who dresses the best who has the best cars who who has the most money and jewelry who has this who has that and so and, and that and so that's what a ball is and and a lot of what you see in pop culture comes directly from these balls yeah I know that that was something that I was learning about um what is it? There's a, a Netflix documentary called Disclosure. Mm. Um, and it was specifically talking about how um, like Madonna, right? And this th- like pose came from ballroom mm-hmm. and, and it came from the black trans community, right? And it's something that's crazy to think that like how people saw Madonna and they saw pose and they were like, Wow! Look at look at what Madonna created, and I was right, like, actually, right. no, this has already been done. It's right? already been done, and 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 so that's that's what what I say. Like queer culture has always influenced mainstream culture. I mean, mm. even from even like, going back hundreds of years ago, you you, you know, uh, we, you you would see different artisans and different people uh, uh, creating fine ornate clothing and those kinds of yeah. things. Those people were queer. Yeah. Did you um? Have you ever heard like the dandies? No, tell All me right. about it. So this is very cool. So this, you know, Yankee Doodle Dandy, the song, uh-huh. right? So it comes from a, th- what they were doing, the British, when they were singing Yankee Doodle Dandy um, during the Revolutionary War, the the colonists, U- U.S. colonists, um, yeah, I guess now American citizens, um, but uh, they were mocking the revolutionaries because they were saying that they were dandies, right? And dandies were, was like a euphemism, euphemism for like effeminate men that dressed ah. prim and proper and dressed in these like beautiful like frilly clothes and they were damn good looking Joe oh, yes, like they, they had the best fashion um, in England like it, let's say London right and you're like wearing bright colored clothing and you're doing everything that's fancy and elaborate and eventually 
it became like a euphemism for being gay, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were basically calling us gay and that we're just dandies. You're just dandies. Right? So, I'm going to start using right? that. Right? <laughs> As I love it because then then the colonists actually uh, took that on as, uh, I guess, their own. Uh, they, they reappropriated it mm-hmm. um, and, and took that as a sign of, of, of their power, right? But it's really interesting that dandies became like a, a thing in England and, and that was it. It was like, it was gay gay men. It was queer folk, right? It was. It, it could also have been like straight people as well. Um, but still, it was people expressing their gender in a way that society was saying that's not proper. That's that was not manly at the time, right? So it was cool. If you look back at history, there are certain periods where, like, gender and clothing has not always been the same. High heels were invented for by men. the Ottomans, and it was for men for riding horseback. So you could stand on your horse and shoot a bow. Right, it was like a sign of masculinity. Makeup was was originally for men, <laughs> right? I mean, everything Pink changes. And blue, right? Used to be switched. Like. Yeah, everything changes. Like what what we deem appropriate and what the paradox says is okay right now mm. will not be the same in a hundred yes. years, and and it's always changing and it's always flipping. And I think it's it's our it's our uh, our jobs really to always fight against that yeah. and to constantly move and to constantly be pushing of those boundaries. That is. I feel I really feel that is the the mission or the purpose of queer culture is to constantly push and move that because otherwise what are we gonna do? We're just yeah, gonna we can't sit stagnation. there, sit there stagnant and wear yeah. I don't know uh, I don't know wear car hearts all day. <laughs> I mean nothing against cars. Cars are, are actually very fashionable nowadays. I I remember back when I was in middle school, yeah. everyone wore a car heart coat. It was like yeah. it, they were they were they were popular then because they were expensive coats. And we lived and and I lived in Detroit. It gets very cold there yeah. and. And so they were they were the coat to have Carhartts and Sherlins. Sherlins were these uh, these like sheepskin uh, uh, coats that everyone yeah. would wear. They were like back in that, those days, like five or six hundred dollars, which I guess it's in today's money would be like fifteen hundred dollars for a coat. I see someone in Carhartts, and I'm like, are you queer or are you actually working in construction or some type of physical labor? Funny. And it's just like it's it's the hip thing to do. It it's the hip thing to to, to do. Uh, so yeah. So when you talk about gender roles and gender gender identities and gender and gender expression, you know, it's it's all just expression. Yeah. And what what I think what you're talking about is is change, right? And, and the fact that like things are always changing, societal expectations are always changing, roles around gender are that nothing is rigid. And I think. Getting to the point of why um, there is always pushback is because it comes down to control and power. Yes. Um, and that it comes down to, and, and I think what it is, is it's destabilizing when you point out that things have changed and things will always change mm-hmm. around these expectations, that it's destabilizing to those in power who use that type of control of saying men are like this, women are like this, right? And, and ways that you need to comport yourself in society, that these expectations, these rigid roles, right, actually help people in power to stay in power because you're not expressing yourself differently, right? You're just like a cog in the machine and you're doing your job that society has told you. But when you start expressing and changing the way that you're, that you're presenting yourself, you're actually destabilizing those roles that people have built themselves up on. And I think this is where it gets like, and as an example, I think my own um, my own mom, I think that she struggles with um, drag. 
Okay. And and especially my my twin brother Ian um, dresses and drag. I do occasionally, but he does a lot more than I do. And um, it's been a very uncomfortable subject in mm. my house in, in growing up. Or my mom just doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Doesn't want to see his wigs. Doesn't want to see his heels. He has a lot of heels. Um, I bet they're fabulous. Right. But when when my little sister like would see, would see come visit him and they'd wear heels and she'd try on his wigs right it always made my mom uncomfortable and i think a lot of it has to do with this idea that society has told my mom what women need to be what men need to be and i think my mom for a lot of her childhood or her teenage years really pushed back against that and she faced a lot of criticism mm. she was bullied for it picked on for having short hair for being athletic for being more maybe masculine presenting huh. and and i think that that has ha, she had to realize that for her to fit in she needed to be and and present more feminine Huh. Right, so I feel like what it is is it's the threat of per, of people perceiving you in a way and people judging you and you being an outcast for that, right? Very interesting. Do you think there's a little bit of envy there? I, I don't know. I, it's really complicated, and this is like psychoanalyzing my mom right. a little bit here. But like, I think that's what I do it all the time. That's this deep discomfort that people have. That if if you have built up your own identity based off of what people say are hard and fast rules. And then you see somebody else breaking those rules. That's a threat to your identity. It makes things uncomfortable. Right? It makes it uncomfortable because you now are seeing that these rules are 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 no longer stable. Right? You say, oh, wow. If, if, if Joe can wear, uh, can paint his nails, why can't I? Mm-hmm. Right? And then, then maybe you actually now are actually angry that you are painting your nails and I can't because society has told me I can't. Very interesting. And you know, I, I want to talk about that just a little. I had a, a different segue yeah. uh, planned, but I don't want to talk about this a little bit. You know, we get into things like what's happening currently with J.K. Rowling, yeah. where she's uh, where she is such a feminist that she's become transphobic because she's offended that that a that a man could even uh, 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 want to have uh, the same rights as a cis born woman yeah and so and and so it goes into the whole thing of i know there are lots of women actually who uh, who dislike trans people for various reasons um and i think it goes into i mean i don't i don't want to say anything offensive here but i I, you know there's always the 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 adage that uh that you don't want to have two women in the same household you know what i mean or like or that that there's a bit of competition there, I mm. feel more so. So I don't think women like to be competed with in that area. So if you have to, you're, you, let's say you're a woman and you and you already feel sort of, a, if you are this type of person, that you feel like a, a competitive nature with other women, and then you see men who may who may who may look better than you, <laughs> who may look better than you, who who can walk in heels better than you, who do their makeup better than you, and maybe there's a little bit of jealousy there. Maybe there's a little bit of something there. I don't. Well, I've seen both like hatement towards drag as well as being like a mocking towards towards women. But I, I honestly believe that drag is a an art form that really honors women. Um, Definitely, right? And 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 I think uh, with with J.K. Rowling specifically, um, like the term is called a turf. Turf, yes. Um, Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Yes, and um, I, I think what that comes to too is that. Often, people that are oppressed, um, instead of attacking their oppressor, their oppressor, um, 
they attack those who are also face th- those closest yes. to them, right? Those also facing oppression, but doing it in a way that separates them, right? And and I, I think with if you think about the patriarchy, right, that you have the patriarchy attacking women, um, and then to separate herself from the rights of trans women, she is attacking trans women mm-hmm. who are the most marginalized group within our community, right? Definitely. It's trans folk. Um, and so by attacking them, I don't know, is it, is it lifting her up? Is it showing her that she actually does have power, but to use your platform, like she is so famous and she has so many followers and to use your platform to hate people. Yeah. Right. And to, and to put that hate out into the world is such a, I guess like a terrible use of your, your fame. I mean, I would say she's created like what the most, at least popular form of uh, uh, work of literature other than like the Bible. Right. Seriously. Honestly. I mean, Harry, Harry, Harry Potter is huge. There's like amusement parks and stuff. It, I mean, it's crazy that like you've got um, such a huge franchise. Uh, and I mean, like I grew up with Harry Potter, oh, right? Yes. And it's amazing to see the actors come out and say, that they support trans women, right? Trans women are women and uh, trans men are men. And that the the actors are all coming out in support and they're such great activists um, and allies. But yeah, it's I think a lot of what that comes down to is just power and destabilizing that power is a threat to those in power. Definitely. And, and, and I feel that a lot of people just don't like change. Like we, we all yeah. have these ideals that we have had to build to navigate through life. And some people are willing, are, are malleable. They, they're the willing to walk through earth, learn different things, take that and, mm. and, and help that and have that help inform them on how they should move through. But other people, they're just very much so rammed through it. I know what I know. I do mm. what I do. And I am not taking anything else because I don't want to. Uh, like, uh, I, I think of the examples of the of the new cartoons that are remakes of old cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> like the new Powerpuff Girls and the, and the new, uh, I don't know, there are a few... Uh, new cartoons there's a new animaniacs all right and, and just new cartoons that are literal remakes of old cartoons that i grew up with I'm like, and i'm just like i don't like this this is terrible <laughs> what, why are you why do you look that way why, why are they they why do they look like children and i'm like oh well this is for, for this is for kids things are changing yeah, times have changed and, right? and, and expectations are, are have changed yeah it's interesting that you say that that I, I think that is something that we are all uh resistant to change because it the the very slim sliver of uh, i guess like thing that we hold on to is like control mm. and i think that because so much in the world is so chaotic and so out of our control we try to hold on and maintain control whether it's in our lot li- it, it's all obviously with different aspects within our lives but when things change right we want to grab back onto that control and say no 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 like this isn't changing right it's like the same i think reach for nostalgia that people have is this like reach for a past that you are now romanticizing and i mean yeah i think nostalgia is okay to a certain extent but we need to also embrace change and not necessarily look at it as change is being bad, right? It's just different. Definitely different. And different is always good. Expression is always good because without different, without expression, we're all the same. And who on earth wants that? It was, you know, it was very 
it's been long for me to work on expressing myself the way that I think is more true to myself. Um, it took me a really long time to start wearing jewelry and it was a process. <laughs> it was funny because I, um, I always thought that my hands looked bad with rings on it Oh, until I finally got a ring and I was like, dang, this looks fly. <laughs> and it took me a little bit to get used to it. And then I was like, you know what? I want more rings. And I've been doing that and accessorizing. And it's interesting because I think my understanding is that you don't, men don't really wear rings except like, really? Yeah. Like growing up, it was not a thing. Like the only ring that I've ever seen, I guess, growing up a man wearing is your wedding band. Maybe, maybe a college ring, right? Um, yeah. Hopefully not a high school ring, but like, You've got like certain, I guess, things like the jewelry that I saw growing up was a cross that uh -huh. men wore that gotcha. like everyone, when you got confirmed, you got a cross. And I remember wearing that in college and someone after about a month was like, oh, well, yeah, but you're really religious. And I remember being like, what? They're like, well, you wear a cross. I'm like, no, no, this is jewelry. This is like everything that everyone in my hometown wears when they get confirmed. But it's interesting to think of those certain like barriers that I had to break down. You know what? That's so funny. So growing up, um, at least in black culture, there was always a lot of jewelry. Really? Uh, like always a lot of jewelry. And I think that goes back a while. Just if you go to Africa, everyone's wearing jewelry and everyone's doing like everyone's ornate and um and, and dialed up in, in that way. But no, there's always the uh, the the pinky ring. Like I've always <laughs> I've always loved a piece of jewelry. Give me a ring, give me a yes. watch, give me a necklace. You know, I, I I don't do piercings just because I'm afraid of needles. So I, I've never taken the plunge. I have yeah. no piercings, no tattoos or anything. But I really want to dig into go into ear piercings. All, all of my brothers and my dad, they all have piercings. Everyone, You should be like my grandma. She had clip-on earrings. <laughs> Listen, no, seriously. So my great-grandmother, she had a vast jewelry collection. And she had all these clip-on earrings. And I would always uh, clip the earring onto my... <laughs> My ears yes. and look at myself in the mirror as, as a child and I love them so I think I will look great in earrings yes. and I, I should just take the plunge just get my ear pierced well I started also wearing more like dangly earrings mm -hmm. um, and it was really awesome my co-worker Erica Brown um, amazing jaunty yeah, by design great jewelry rings earrings um, and she makes them out of knitting needles oh. so cool anyway she gave me a pair of earrings and I lit up when I wore them because it was my first pair of dangly earrings and I love them. They look like little silver hammered snakes. And, yes, I've seen those. Right? They are quite fabulous. That's, that's Erica Brown. Erica Brown. Yeah. Erica Brown. Shout out Jaunty to Erica by Brown. Design. Get yourself um, some Erica Brown earrings. Ladies and, and, and her rings are made out of um, spoons and forks. I They're love amazing. a spoon I'm ring. One right now. I um, live for a spoon yes. ring. So anyway, I have one of those. Yes, actually, an Erica Brown original. Um, but Ooh. it's amazing because like, what what that afforded me, like I immediately lit up and I felt so giddy and excited that like I could look good in dangly earrings because I always thought it was something that I shouldn't do. Right. And then being able to wear them and be like, this is how I want to express myself. I want to wear dangly earrings. Right. So it's like cool to like starting. I think every year I get queer and queer. And, yes, and I think that's, that's the, goal. the goal Right, <laughs> <laughs> is like, how can I change my expression to be more true to myself? And um, it, it's a journey. And if there's anyone out there that's like questioning, like, 
I don't know how you want to express yourself or is it okay? Like it, it is a journey sometimes. Sometimes it's quick and you can just like totally change to how you're presenting, but it can be hard because there's so many expectations that people have. And if they, people that know you and have known you for so long, right, it can be very hard for you to start changing the way that you present yourself because they're like, that's not who you are, right? But maybe it is who you are. You just haven't had that opportunity to show it. Exactly. And maybe through showing it, you can that can be the chisel that breaks the, the, the mold to help you find who you actually are. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of what my yeah. ideal aesthetic, like, yes. per, like, per, like personality and looks wise would be out of two cartoon characters. Oh, geez. Okay. okay. So for me, it's Rafiki and Jafar. It's like a perfect combination of Whoa. Rafiki and Jafar. It's mystical. It's crazy. It's fabulous. You're getting there, Joe. You know what I mean? Give I've, it a few more years give it a few more years i feel like by the time i'm 45 i'll be the perfect combination of rafiki and jafar wow. and, and then i'll go more on the side of rafiki you know i kind of want the beard to grow a little bit longer yes. <laughs> I, I want i want the the spirituality of rafiki but this but the fierceness and, and powerful oh, wow. nature of jafar you know jafar has always been thought of as a queer icon oh of course yeah come right? on every disney villain is a queer icon jafar was serving yes. <laughs> constantly yeah uh, and and uh, well, and then you go into uh, all the Disney queer queer icons. Ursula was played by um, uh, who's the really famous drag queen? She's like the first really, really oh, famous Divine. drag queen. Yes, Divine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ursula was directly inspired by Divine. So it, it, it all, and and that goes into how uh, how in media queer queer culture is kind of demonized. Yeah, it's it's but, vilified, right? But, uh, but everyone always loves it. I know everyone it's loves the, the villains. Best. Um, they're always the baddies. <laughs> but it's interesting when you think about that. That like our society is telling us that being different being dressing a certain way like wearing mascara or maybe presenting more feminine but having power right it that like that is wrong mm -hmm. and that is what society tells us and it's crazy because that's totally subconscious you're not even realizing it when you're watching little mermaid that it's telling you that like queer people are evil they're evil they have these magic right? powers they're gonna do things to you right what we other... do have magic powers we're not gonna do we do have magic powers <laughs> but if you're good to us we we won't use them we'll use them for good only but if yes. you're bad we'll, we'll take you out <laughs> No, no. Process. So, so I'm going to take a quick song break and then we're going to do a little quick what's the tea with Facebook hey. before we get out of here. Uh, we're on the air for Queer Talk Wednesday with Ryan McHale. Stay tuned. That's Just Like Fire by the legendary Queen Pink. Do you know in Australia, Pink is the biggest celebrity out there? She's more famous than Michael Jackson. Wow. That's impressive. Random pink fact. So we're uh, we're in the studio with, uh, for Queer Talk Wednesday with Ryan McHale, and uh, and right now segment I like to call "What's the Tea on Facebook." What's the tea, Joe? What's the tea on Spill Facebook it. is a segment I created just when I had a uh, solo show and I couldn't really figure out what I should talk about. So I said, you know what, my Facebook feed gives me hours of endless entertainment and I have everyone on my Facebook from from famous gospel singers all the way to OnlyFans girls like like <laughs> there's there's the whole gamut going on uh, so uh, we're gonna go on what's to do with Facebook opening up the Facebook so the first post is a post from me uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so last night I was on my mom's podcast that's snippets and nuggets snippets and nuggets on the anchor app for anyone listening who wants to check that out and uh, and we were talking about what what is it? So the caption goes: Check out my mom's podcast featuring me. We had a lot of fun discussing our sex poll. So I had we created a little poll that asked the question: 
if you, and this is all in heteronormative terms, if you were a woman, ladies, uh, who had a man who provided for you financially, emotionally, in every way, but he could not perform sexually. Like maybe you guys had a great sexual re- relationship up until that point, and then suddenly something happened where he can no longer perform. Would you stay? Would you stay and cheat? Or would you leave? So we did a poll there, and, and we t- and we talked about it, and uh, and that was a, a spicy one. Uh, so uh, so we. She did a podcast on that last week, and then she brought me in for part two today, uh, well, last night. So we uh, we talk, So the uh, caption reads: We had a lot of fun discussing our sex poll from a few weeks ago. Why I was fired from my job today? Oh yes, I was fired yesterday. What Joe? From where? <gasps> I know from the other place where I work. I can't say the oh, uh, name okay. on air, but uh, but from the other place, everyone Good thing knows. It wasn't the radio station. I know, right? That'd be <laughs> terrible. Uh, I was fired from the other place. Everyone knows I work. Uh, just differences uh, in opinions with one of my bosses no bad blood I, that's still a great place to uh, work they pay very fairly very well and and the people are, are cool so shout out to uh, that place no bad blood we, we we love everybody you know Joe they just let you free so you could open your wings and fly. open my wings and pursue other ventures right <laughs> so uh, so uh, we talk about why I was fired from my job uh, we talk and my sister's collection of 20 plus sex toys and, wow. and more which we which she revealed on the last episode of that podcast that she had 20 toys 20 plus toys and so we talked about all that and I said any feedback is greatly appreciated so if you would like uh, to check that podcast out it is quite spicy it's very entertaining it's about 25 minutes of pure laughter Uh, check that out on my personal Facebook page or go to Snippets and Nuggets on the Anchor app Uh, so the next post I have on Was the Tea with Facebook is from our from our very own the legendary the iconic the the Ketchikan staple Catherine Tatsuda. She's back in town. She's back in town from her travels. I love Catherine Tatsuda. Catherine was one of the first people I met when I moved to Ketchikan, actually. We were in... um play together with first city players it was Greece oh no way it was Greece yeah and that was how I actually became known in town I, I did the teen angel cameo no I, I stepped on stage sang for what, three minutes and and walked off and that was my whole experience and it was so much fun uh, doing that with Catherine Tassuda so Catherine writes so it's 16 degrees here I'm pretty sure the the weather has is broken and my body has gone into climate change shock that is all enjoy your Wednesday and she has a very disgruntled face with a fur hat with oh, the hat looks fabulous Catherine where do you get that I want one um so uh yeah it's cold Ryan it is cold Joe it was 16 when I woke up and I was like oh it's cold it's nasty I don't like it it's reminding me of being back home I was talking to my mom last night on the podcast and she was saying it's 35 degrees in Detroit right now and I was like you know I'm very jealous because usually Ketchikan is warmer than back home like I always tell my family back home they're like you live in Alaska I thought you hated the cold and I said I do it's never cold here (laughs) it's never cold here it's usually pretty mild it's pretty mild but this year it has been terribly cold watch out for the ice grab some spikes because it is a it's a dandy out there uh my aunt janeth is the next post on on what's the tea with facebook she goes i've been sick sick since the 27th of december i just want my full strength and appetite back oh oh 
Gotta That's, make some chicken broth. Make some chicken broth, some bone broth. I don't know if she has the COVID or if she's just uh, experiencing the wintertime cold. Because it's mm. the season. Is it? We're in the it thick is. of flu season. Yeah, we are. And I get your flu shots. I'm just dreading the day when uh, when I catch the catch a can crud. I know it's right. coming. It is. I know it's coming. I'm less worried about COVID and, and Omicron than I am about the catch a can crud. Yeah. I hate that thing. It drives Boosted, me crazy. But you're still gonna get the flu. Boosted, still going to get the flu. It was so funny. <laughs> I was talking to, uh, who was it, uh, Nathan Karsman on the show a, a little while ago, maybe three or four months ago. And we were talking about how the uh, stats on the flu being nearly eradicated uh, for a short time, of course. Right, uh, because during, everyone was staying at home. Because everyone was staying at home. Everyone was washing their hands. Yeah. They were all masking up. Dude. So we went from millions of cases of the flu to literally thousands. What was crazy is I didn't realize that the flu just jumps hemispheres. That when it's winter here, the flu is raging down in the southern hemisphere. And because we freaking travel, we bring the flu back every year. The flu is rampant. The flu is out here. So wash your hands. There's COVID, there's Omicron, and there's the flu. Wash your hands, wash your uh, face, hide your kids, hide your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Wear your mask. (laughs) All right. So this next post comes from Jacob Hutton. He goes, he shares a post from someone else from, from October 3rd, 2020. And it says, since no one wants to speak up, I'll just say it. Buffalo Wild Wings is trash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been there once in my life and I was I have I must have ADHD to some extent. I was so so confused of where I should focus my attention. There's TVs everywhere. It's a whole experience. I was like why are there so many TVs and someone goes this is a sports bar, Ryan. It's a sports bar. So Buffalo Wild Wings for a time was my favorite spot. <laughs> I will say that during my experiences with Buffalo Wild Wings, they did go down a little bit, but I'll still go back home and grab me some mango habanero wings, bone in, and and boneless on the side. But the thing about the mango habanero wings, you don't eat them the, the day of. You get the mango habanero wings, you take them home, you put them in, in your, in your uh, fridge, and then you heat them in your oven the next day. Oh wow! And and uh, and uh, and uh, sprinkle them with with some honey, and that's how you eat them because those mango habanero wings are hot. Yes, they are hot. And Buffalo Wild Wings has my favorite mozzarella stick of Ooh. anywhere. When they're mm. good, they're nice and gooey. The you they have the perfect cheese pull. They're full of cheese. I'm literally salivating oh, man, right I now. I know I'm hungry. The the breading is seasoned. The 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 cheese it literally chokes you as you try to swallow it. It's a, it's, it's amazing. Brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Buffalo Wild Wings. I want a Buffalo chicken wrap right now. I wish there was a Buffalo I Wild Wings. I want a wing shop to open up in Ketchikan, right? You Just know, like I've wings never, over Ketchikan. I've oh, you mean like oh, I thought you said wing stop. I was going to say I've never had wing stop. Oh no, there, but there's should be a wing shop right when i lived in burlington there was this place called wings over burlington and it had the best wings and then you'd buy them per pound and you'd always get boneless because you got more you know what i really feel like a wings place would do really well here because there's there's no place in kajikan that makes really excellent wings no i know new china has pretty good wings their thai chicken wings are probably Mm. my favorite wings in town consistently the cabaret on sunday (gasps) it was yummy you know what the cabaret does have really great wings they have these amazing 
Honey Garlic. Oh, yeah. I really liked it. Mm. But could you imagine if it was an entire shop with just an all this? An entire shop full yeah, of well-seasoned wings, fried perfectly, crispy on the outside, tender on the oh, inside. Joe, I'm starving. You can get all flats if you want. There's, a, I just want all flats, guys. I want all flats. <laughs> Are you a flats or a drums guy? Oh, I'm a drums dude. Really, you Ryan? Flats? You know, I'm judging. I'm judging. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning away. I'm judging. It's too much effort. It's too much effort. Listen, let me tell you the secret of the flat. You find that joint. So they, they have the uh, the joints at the tips and at the bottom. You bite right into that joint. You split them in half, and you just push down a little bit. Grab the uh, the exposed bone and just suck that thing right off. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you're feeling really spicy, well, I'm always feeling spicy. You first you douse it with a little hot sauce. You dip mm. it in the uh, ranch or the blue cheese mm, blue or cheese. the blue cheese. If you got the barbecue wings, it's it's the, it's the blue cheese. And you just oh my god, I love a flat. <laughs> I'm an all flats kind of guy. Do not give me a drum. I feel like with the drums, I don't know. Sometimes they're a little too big. Sometimes they're not perfectly tender in the middle, and they're not crispy mm. enough on the outside. I like a t a crispy outside and a really tender, juicy middle. I really do. I really do. <laughs> Anyways, that's my rant about wings. So shout out to you, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Jacob Hutton doesn't like you, but I miss you, baby. Um, so uh, so our last post uh, on What's the Tea with Facebook goes is from our very own Michelle O'Brien. Michelle says, day off before diving. Girls, that is. Day off before diving. Girls, that is. Discovered a, <laughs> discovered a pretty sweet space right down the road. So there's a, a bunch of photos and videos of Michelle, and I'm presuming her family. She's with, um, oh, oh she's, wow, it looks where amazing. is she? Is she in Hawaii? I would love to be there right Michelle O'Brien, where are you? I am jealous. This looks amazing. Where in the world is Michelle O'Brien? She's so fabulous. Yeah. I'm a big Michelle O'Brien fan. She's just, she does so much in the community. She's so spectacular. And she's just, she's just a queen. Shout out to you, Michelle O'Brien. We love you, darling. Enjoying those rays. And speaking of following in Michelle O'Brien's footsteps as far as charity and just giving and donations, I'm planning my catchiversary this year. Nice, Joe. So, so my catchiversary is a party I throw every year to celebrate Ketchikan. And I throw it uh, sometime in February because I arrived here February 5th of 2017. It'll be five years wow. this year. So this year, February 5th falls on a Saturday. So I'm going to have my catchiversary on the actual day of my catchiversary. So I throw this big event, this big party. I have all the different uh, performers come out. I have different uh, vendors, uh, preferably new businesses here in Ketchikan. They'll put a little basket together. We'll raffle things off. Um, and and, uh, and it's, yeah, and it's just a, basically a big party celebrating Ketchikan, a fully catered event. There's food, there's there's dancing, there's fun. And, um, and all proceeds go to a charitable cause. This year, every dollar goes to um the uh the wellness coalition no it goes to community connections nice yes, community awesome community connections will receive the, the full uh donation this year so i'm planning it right now um i just uh i i've finally i've booked my first act so this this year it snuck up on me I planned this party months in advance. This year, it snuck up on me, so I actually hadn't planned anything up until about last week. Uh, and, <laughs> and so uh, I have booked 
wait for it, the Compass Roses. The Compass Whoa. Roses. For those who don't know, the Compass Roses, the family that runs uh, 55 North, the girls have a phenomenal band called the Compass Roses. They're very talented and they haven't played for uh, for a while. So I went in there to order my uh, my my four cinnamon rolls. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> um, and I said. Compass Roses, are you are you ladies playing? And they said, "Well, I mean, I like maybe like uh, what's going on?" And I said, "My catch anniversary is coming up. Can you guys put like a little 20 30 minute thing together?" And they said, "Yes." And I said, "Yes." Oh, and that's I was amazing. And, and, and I also ordered a uh, a chocolate cake from Amali for the event. I'm very excited Molly's about it cakes all. Are so Molly's good. cakes are spectacular. So I'm going to get that cake and I'm hoping to also get a cake from Brandy Robbins. I have to I have to actually contact her cuz I haven't talked to her yet. Cause I, as I said, I haven't planned anything for this thing yet. <laughs> And it's in like four weeks. So this is, I got to get going on that. And speaking of getting going, we are out of time. Yes, I do need to get going. Ryan, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to talking to you every Wednesday for Queer Talk Wednesday. And for those who are interested in uh, Loud and Queer magazine, you can find that on loudandqueerketchacan.com. You can find out more about us through the Ketchikan Pride Alliance. You can donate through the Pride Alliance or through Loud and Queer Ketchikan Venmo and and the donation tab on loudandqueerketchacan.com. This has been the first City Forum, brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I am your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and goodbye.